Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Film with CJ. My name is CJ. My pronouns are they them as always. Let before we even get into the movie of the week. Let me just say how happy I am to be in the city of motherfucking Chicago right now because the past 24 to 48 hours have been top two worst nights of my life and not two so let me just use the first few minutes as an impromptu therapy session since the way my disposable income is set up at the moment I cannot afford a therapist so here we go so I am in LA the morning I'm supposed to leave LA I'm getting ready I'm packing up all my stuff I'm putting things away neatly because when I pack I'm very organized when I pack so everything kind of needs to be folded put in a certain way things need to be packed in the bags in specific orders for ease of travel and maximum fullness to maximize on the space that I'm afforded on those tiny ass airplanes so anyway I'm packing my flight leaves a little bit before noon at 8 a.m I get a text from American Airlines that my flight that is taking off at noon is canceled and there's no other alternatives because they've canceled 1500 other flights that same weekend so the flight they're like oh but we rebooked you on another flight they rebooked me a day later at midnight on a monday a non-direct flight that goes to Atlanta and then Atlanta to Chicago. So total travel time is like over 10 hours. And if you count the time difference between LA and Chicago, it's more like 12 hours that I lose to travel. So I'm like, all right, fuck. My only option is to literally buy another flight from another airline out of pocket. So I am frantically looking for another flight um, to get me home. And I find a flight out of a different airport on United Airlines um, that is also not direct, but would get me home faster than the rebooked flight in American Airlines. This flight is one way. And is $366. But I literally have no choice. So I'm like, okay, I I just have to bite the bullet. I buy the ticket. I have like I just buy the ticket. And thankfully, I'm in a position financially to where I can buy the ticket. Um, but suffice to say, it did not feel good having to spend $400 to go <laughs> one place. Um, so I get on the plane at this other airport. I got on the plane. Everything's fine. I land in my connection flight spot, which is Denver. 
And as soon as I land in Denver, I get a text from United Airlines and they're like, your flight's been delayed two hours. We're sorry. And so I'm like, fuck, are you fucking kidding me? So I get off the airport. I'm going to my connecting flight gate. I'm sitting there and my flight gets delayed four more times. Four more times. Four more times. Of course, the plane that I'm supposed to ride flies into the Denver airport with some sort of hydraulic problem that they have to fix. And of course, I'm like, okay, take your time because obviously I don't want to ride in a plane that has an issue, but also bored me on this fucking plane so I could get the fuck home. The plane was supposed to take off at 8.40 and we didn't take off until almost 11.30 p.m. So I don't land in Chicago until after 2.30 a.m. I land in Chicago. I'm like, okay, how the fuck am I going to get home? And I check Uber and Lyft prices. It is at least $80 to take me from the airport 20 minutes to my house. And so I'm like, I'm not fucking paying that after I just paid damn near $400 just to get here. Um, so both my parents are in Phoenix. I could call my brother, but basically by the time he would get here would be the same time as I take the train and I wouldn't want to wake him up at 2.30 in the morning and have me just like sitting around until he gets there. Hindsight is twenty twenty though, because thinking back on all that I endured by not calling my brother and asking him to pick me up and take me home, I probably should have done it. Um, but anyways, I'm like, whatever, the train is $3. Like, I'll just see if I can make it on the train. I go down to the train station in O'Hare Airport. Of course, it's under fucking construction and it's closed. Of course. So then I have to take a shuttle to the next train stop so I can get on the train to go the fuck home. I take the shuttle to the train station. I get up on the train platform and there is a train that was heading towards the airport but has stopped at this train platform because it's the last stop before the airport and the airport train station is closed. So there are Chicago Transit Authority employees going on this train telling everyone to get off the train because it's the last stop. And if you've ever witnessed Chicago Transit Authority employees doing this, it is very jarring to say the least. Like they go through the train and bang on the train walls and windows and yell, y'all need to get off the plane. You can't stay on the plane. Or y'all need to get off the train. You can't stay on the train. And it's very like aggressive. And I would honestly say it's a it's an anti-homeless policy um because anyone who doesn't immediately get off the train automatically when the train arrives at that station is probably someone who's on there to have a warm place to sleep especially at this hour so as i'm getting on the train platform happens to be the time when many homeless people are coming off the train to stand on the train platform for the next train. So if you can imagine with me, it's a little 
frightening, especially at 3 a.m. when you're traveling by yourself and it's cold and it's dark. Um, so one of the people that the CTA employees carries off the train is a man who is completely unresponsive. I don't know if he was just super drunk or sick or something, but completely unresponsive. He had to be carried off by two other men and they're trying to like prop him up on the platform and he's his body is just not responding to anything. If you are someone who has lived in a big city, you kind of just know to mind your business about things like this because many times if you don't mind your business, you get caught up in some shit that you don't need to be caught up in. So me being by myself late at night, I was like, um, that's scary, but I just I keep it pushing. There is another man that comes off the train who is wrapped in one of those moving blankets that they give you when you move so that you don't scratch up the floors and the walls. And he is very clearly mentally unwell. Somehow he finds a watermelon. I I swear to you, I'm not describing a fever dream or like a hallucination i'm literally telling you what my own two eyes saw at 3 a.m in chicago he finds a watermelon somewhere it's like a half half of a watermelon a good amount of watermelon still intact breaks it in half with his bare hands i kid you not breaks it in half with his bare hands Starts eating the watermelon. Has no idea where it's been. No one knows where it's been. He's like putting the pieces on the ledge of, you know, signage that's on the train platform that's, you know, obviously very dirty. We don't know what's been on that. We don't know who's touched it. He clearly does not care. I probably wouldn't either if I was in that situation. Keeps eating it very loudly. It's like going all over the... (laughs) the floor um and it's just kind of unsettling to say the least he then starts hawking loogies all over the train platform like walking around hawking loogies and spitting all over the train platform so loudly so loudly and at this point everyone is kind of just like praying the train can come quick enough and of course the train is not running on schedule (laughs) of course the train is not running on schedule all of a sudden the cta employees start crowding around the man that they had carried off earlier carried off the train earlier that night who was unresponsive and one guy walks over to where i'm standing i mean not specifically me but kind of on the other end of the platform from where this was happening and he was like i think someone's dead over there and i am like this is the absolute last thing that i want to see right now this is the last thing that i want to know i don't want to think that after the day that i've had after the things that i've seen after being scared shitless of my environment Right now, I really just don't want to know that I saw a dead body, but I'm fairly confident I saw a dead body that night. 
at 3 a.m. in Chicago. Finally, the train comes. I get on the train. I'm like, thank fucking God. Let, let me get the fuck home in one piece without seeing any more scary shit. I get on the train. There is a homeless man that comes on the train car and nearly bumps into me and lays out on the chair next to me. And I'm like, you know what? Just get me home. Just get me home. I then notice that he gets up and goes in between the train cars and urinates and then comes back and lays down. So I'm like, I am moving my seat. So I get up and I move a little bit further down the train car and I'm like, please, 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 God, if you exist, if you're out there, I don't know if you hate me because I'm gay or what, but if you get me home in one piece, I'll be straight or something. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> please, please just, just give me the fuck home. Finally, the train comes to my stop and I rush off. I'm like getting out of that train station. Thankfully, I live across the street from the train station. So it took me literally three minutes to walk home and I get into my apartment. I am rushing to go through my skincare routine because you would have to be after me like an axe murderer for me to not do my skincare routine. Let me be honest. I get into bed and I, if anyone, any of you know me, or if you don't know me, I will let you know that I am generally an anxious person. So even when I'm laying in bed, my fight or flight response, my anxiety is playing through everything that I have witnessed and gone through in the last 24 to 48 hours. And I still can't sleep. It's like after 4 a.m. and I'm like still can't sleep. I pop a melatonin because that seems like a good idea. I pop a melatonin <laughs> and try to go to sleep. I don't fall asleep till like maybe 4.30, 4.45. And lo and behold, I wake up at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Because my body fucking hates me. Thankfully, I'm okay. Thankfully, my dog is okay. She was being watched by um, some really good friends of mine who have a wonderful home and are super nurturing and kind and were really understanding about this whole thing. And it was just a thing that I didn't have to worry about in the mix of a million other things that I was worrying about. So thank you to Megan and Glenn who are listening, if you are listening um, you guys did me such a solid. You have no idea. Now that I am finished telling my sob story and using this as a therapy session, let us get in to the movie of the fucking week that I have chosen and that many of you have also slightly partially chosen. That is The Old Ways. Now, it is rare that you will ever see a horror movie that is critically acclaimed, like one that has high scores on IMDb and the like. And I'm not saying that this movie by any means breaks that mold. However, it has a very good score on Rotten Tomatoes. So I thought I would watch and tell you about it for this week. 
This movie is essentially about a woman from the U.S., a Mexican woman, who goes to Mexico to find, essentially find answers for her pain. She ends up going into a cave, a cavern of sorts, and is confronted by demon. So when the movie starts off, it's kind of showing a flashback of this little girl and her mother, and the mother is clearly possessed by demon. The local people of that region are performing an exorcism on her, and this little girl is like, you know, watching, and her mom's like, don't be scared, it's gonna be fine. And the girl's like, I'm not scared, I'm strong. And then her mom like starts screaming demonish things at her and she's scared obviously so the first real scene of the movie is you know showing that and then cutting to present day this woman she wakes up in mexico in some some kind of like cage deal and she's like what the fuck's going on and a native man you know is in there with her like trying to assess her And you can tell, like, something's off. Like, she's trying to explain, like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I'm from America. I'm a journalist. Like, I didn't do anything wrong type thing. And he, like, doesn't believe her. She, the main woman, her name is Christina. She's trying to talk to the man, like, hey, like, do you know my cousin Miranda? Like, she lives here. Go talk to Miranda. She'll tell you that I'm a good person. And then you'll let me go. And he's like, okay, I'll talk to Miranda. He comes back. He brings Miranda in with Christina um, into the cell. And Miranda kind of talks to Christina. It's like, hey, like they're not going to let you go because they see a demon inside you. And we have to get it out because they're not going to let you go otherwise. And Christina's like a demon. Like, I don't feel anything. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I need to go home. I need my belongings. I, I have to leave. Obviously, that doesn't happen. And Christina is kind of forced to go through these different exorcism mechanisms or techniques to try and get the demon out of her. Throughout that process, she kind of learns what that demon is, like what it feeds off of, what makes it strong, yada, yada, yada. She's learning all about these, you know, demons that are in the cave. and, And her cousin, Miranda, is like, I told you not to go there. Why did you go there? Christina's like, well, I'm like my job as a journalist to go there. And she's like, no, why'd you really go there? And we find out that obviously the little girl and the mom in the beginning was Christina and her mom and her mom was possessed by a demon. And so she felt called to come back. As we progress through the movie and, you know, the Native people... Um, namely an older native matriarchal figure is performing these exorcism techniques on her. Um, They're not really working. There's just like some creepy shit that happens, like weird imagery, you know, blood, things like that, that happen from these techniques. And Christina starts reading these books that are given to her to try and learn about this demon that is inside her. And she for the sake of the movie, obviously, finds this random page in the book about a technique that's, of course, super dangerous, not performed as often, is very painful, she could die, etc. That is, you know, standard in all horror movies. Like, there's always something 
like this that happens in horror movies. So she's like, okay, well, can we do it? And the native people are like, well, yeah, we can do it, but it's very painful. So, of course, they do it. So they perform this really intense exorcism. And the danger with this exorcism is that it brings the demon into the realm of the living, essentially making it real. And, you know, all this wild shit happens, you know, the bones cracking and whatnot. Um, and the woman, the native matriarch woman, pretty much sacrifices herself to kill the demon, of course. That seemed to have worked. Like, the the matriarchal woman sacrificing herself to kill the demon seemed to have worked. The main woman, Christina, is healing. She's, like, doing fine. She's like, actually, I want to stay here. <laughs> For some reason, she's like, I don't want to go home. And I'm like, bitch, what the fuck? Um, and then her cousin, of course, this movie is full of, of course, like scenes where you're just like, of fucking course, her cousin is now showing signs of her being possessed by the same demon. They both realize like, oh, it actually didn't work when, you know, the matriarchal woman, um, sacrificed herself it actually just set it free and possessed the cousin so and then that's where the movie ends so basically like the story is just going to repeat itself so um i don't know i think you know i liked the movie for different reasons and i think a lot of people might say i think i liked it just because the cast was authentic. Everyone who was native Mexican and Mexican American were actually native and Mexican American. And um, it was kind of a mixture of Spanish and English. And I really liked that. The writing was better than most horror movies. Like if you've watched enough horror movies, you know, almost guaranteed the writing is going to make you want to like throw up. It's so bad. But this one, like, I felt like there were only a few moments where I was like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> that's so unnatural. We would not be saying things like that if we were in a, a situation like this. But as far as, like, originality and whatnot, I don't really feel like it was super original. Like, yeah, it wasn't a haunted house or, yeah, it wasn't, like, you know, a haunted church or things like that. But I kind of, like, don't really like portraying like native spirituality as like something to be scared of just because we don't understand it in western cultures if that makes sense like i think there's just so much like i'm just kind of wary about movies like this where like we don't actually show that we have a very limited view of native cultures anyway and the one way that we do show it is like scary and, you know, demons at that. And it's less about like understanding the native culture and traditions and more about just being afraid of what you don't understand. And 
there's no real effort to try and understand it, if that makes sense. Do I think it deserved a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb? No. But do I also think it deserved a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes? Also, no. <laughs> I would give it like a 6 or a 7 out of 10. Like a decent watch. If you like horror movies, it's a decent watch, but it's nothing that like you probably haven't seen before. If you've watched horror movies, I think like we're in that era where like Jordan Peele is in a lane of his own. And those are, to me, those are the really, really fucking interesting horror movies. And like, I do find myself now kind of comparing other horror movies I watch to the quality of his. Then again, I don't think people take, you know, years upon years upon years to write like he is writing to put together a project that he's putting together and honestly if it comes down to raw talent like i will just say jordan peele is more talented than many if not all horror movie makers and that is not to say that other horror movies that are made by other people are not worth watching but absolutely not the same feel that you get from a horror movie made by Jordan Peele. And I think his movies stand alone and speak for themselves. All right, so let's dive into the Google reviews. I think Google is kind of more in line to like how I would rate the movie. Google reviews gave it 77% or 3.4 out of 5. So this person said it's horror and it's not supposed to be anything groundbreaking. They drop you right into the action without wasting 30 minutes to explain an entire backstory, and I liked that. The cultural references are just enough without being too overwhelming, and they make great use of a pretty underwhelming set, small budget I expect, which is in my opinion impressive. More comparable to a movie like From Dawn, From Dusk to Dawn instead of The Conjuring, but not bad for a Netflix flick. I would agree. I feel like they more focused on the characters and the writing and kind of the not character development but kind of the story overall instead of the set and the special effects and things like that so for us to like for for them to focus that much on that that we don't even think about the set because i honestly didn't even think about the set um is pretty impressive for a horror movie this person said, honestly, I really liked it. It shows just a part of the culture and traditions from pe from the people of Katamako and nearby places have. Personally, I would have liked it to last more. I mean, just with the traditions and also ways of doing an exorcism there, they would have had like a three hours mo three hour movie. I recommend to get familiar with the culture by reading or going to Katamako in order to understand much more of the background that this movie has. It is a pleasure to belong to an extended state, Veracruz which has tons of traditions and cultural variety. Okay, sure, but like I feel like they didn't even really go into the traditions and the culture of the people there besides just like the fact that they believe in demons and exercise demons. I feel like there's like if we really wanted to talk about the culture that they could have explored in the movie, there is a huge gap. They could have talked about the background of the demons, you know, what the people believe that the why the people believe that there are demons there like what the purpose of the demons are you know the, the history of like other people who have been possessed in the area like what's happened to them outside of just like this girl's mom 
you know, that type of thing. Um, and I, I would not want to give brownie points just to showing this aspect of the culture, very limited aspect of the culture for this movie. This movie is on Netflix, so go watch it if you feel that's your vibe. I watched it on my way back from LA on one of my flights, and I'm pretty sure both the people next to me were like, what the fuck is this person watching at, you know, six in the afternoon? <laughs> but yeah, I think it was better than most horror movies that I've seen that, um, you know, I think horror, I, I want the best for horror. I feel like there's so much room for really growth and making like such good movies just across the board and i want i want the best for the genre because i feel like a lot of horror movies are lazy at best um and i think if you know there were more people who really took the time and care into writing characters and writing storylines that were really like you know not necessarily complex but just felt real and didn't focus on the same horror archetypes that we always see the haunted house the church demon possession like those types of things um i think it could be like one of the most popular genres like what we saw with parasite you know uh, you know other jordan peele movies that i've already talked about jordan peele i have so much word vomit for that man but you know you know, Okja, like things like that, where it's like we are watching horror, but it's also like a critique on society and just social norms and like capitalism and classism um, that really get us thinking about things that are larger than horror, um, but also show us the horror in what we're living in today. Like that's the scary shit. That is the scary shit for me. Um and that's the shit that I like leave the movie theater and I'm thinking about for a long time. Even some of um, Ari Aster's work, like while I feel it's very jarring um, in some of his movies, like I will never watch again, like ever. Um, I feel like they break the norm of what quote unquote normal horror movies are. And I'm thinking about them for a long time. Um, and that's really like what I want out of a movie, like not just horror movies, but um, just out of a movie in general is like something most of the time, something that, you know, leaves with me from the theater that I keep thinking about, like, you know, that potentially changes my mind about things, but at least keeps me thinking about it. Um, sometimes I do just kind of want like a trashy movie or not even trashy, but just like something that's like very lighthearted that like gets my mind off things. And like, there's definitely value to those movies too, but, um, that's not how I feel about horror movies. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I do want something that's like a little bit more thought provoking or new, um, when I watch a horror movie. I am now going to pass out in my bed have a good little nap a little siesta and <laughs> eat until my heart is content and then go to sleep for real tonight so 
Thank you for everyone who is listening to another episode of Film with CJ, who is listening to the absolute horror that was, ooh, that was timely, considering I'm reviewing a horror movie, but the absolute horror that was my last 48 hours. Um, I appreciate you all. Next week, I'm going to review a documentary that I watched um that honestly i'm not a huge fan of documentaries in general because i feel like they're really depressing and you know you i just feel like i need to be in a certain mood to watch a documentary but i feel like this one was unique in its own regard and i honestly would highly recommend it so i'm going to talk about that movie next week and um i will see all my film heads next thursday